Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was an, an eventful end to the week this week. Got solid July jobs data back today. Really pretty good numbers here, especially after the ADP numbers that we got earlier this week. Uh, a lot of people, uh, us included, or at least myself included, uh, thought we'd probably continue the trend that we've seen for the last four months or so of missing estimates. But this month, we got a pretty solid beat back. We got 943,000 jobs added in July, beating the estimates of 858,000. So again, the, the best numbers in over four months now. Uh, pretty solid. And the big news here was that the unemployment rate fell a big half a percent from 5.9% to 5.4%. So good to see the unemployment rate falling like that today. And then we also saw average hourly earnings rise as well, although just by 0.1%. So not a a huge increase there, Uh, but hey, we'll take it. And as Kit pointed out in our morning update to our members today, one thing that we did find interesting in this report was that of the 943,000 jobs created, roughly 253,000 of them were for waiters and bartenders. That was 27% of all of the jobs created in July. And now that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean, I think everybody can say and agree that we love going to bars, love going to restaurants, and the service industry has certainly been hit one of the hardest, if not the hardest, by the entire pandemic. And with the unemployment benefits, it's been really hard to get people back into those jobs. So, you know, that's good for restaurants, a lot of those small businesses as well. So, you you do love to see that. But ideally, you would want to see a report with more high paying jobs being created. Now, it, I, wages were increasing. So really, there were a lot of other good jobs created as well besides just bars and restaurants. Uh, so we're not complaining here. But if you see more high, higher paying jobs being created, that just bodes well for future economic success. Uh, but again, hey, no, no complaints here on that news. But after the report came out, we did see a pretty big spike today in the 10-year yield, up a big 6%, almost exactly on the day, uh, to a 1.29 now. So pretty big move this week for yields. Uh, But folks, you know our view here. We continue to believe that yields will not only head lower, but significantly lower. We might be one of the first people out there that we've seen calling for negative yields here in the United States. That is a long-term view though. Uh, You know, we're talking three, four, five years out from now before we get to that point, but that's the direction that we're headed. And certainly after looking at the last 40 years of data, you can tell that the trend is in place. This is pretty serious repeating pattern, but in the short term here, the move lower from the 10-year that we've seen since the highs in March, it was about a 1.73. Might, I might have just nailed that. Uh, sorry, 1.76. Uh, pretty close, though. But that was the peak in March. And 
We've seen the move all the way back down to 1.12 since then in just you know four or five months. So that's a, a pretty big move lower. We've been at oversold readings, at least to some extent, on the 10-year yield for, for a while now. So to see a bounce here, certainly not a big – and we're really not that far off from where, where we were just a week ago. But still, to see a little bit of a bounce here wouldn't, wouldn't surprise us, but it wouldn't change our view overall at all. Uh, again, after seeing the last 40 years of data – telling us that bond yields are heading lower. Looking over to Europe, where bond yields continue to move lower, corporate debt now at 50% of corporate debt is sub-zero bonds. Same thing in Japan. So we enacted many policies like those countries. So how, do we, how would we really buck that trend? We do have the advantage of having the world reserve currency, never defaulting on our debt. Certainly helps. But... As long as the Fed is going to continue pumping $120 billion in fresh QE every single month, it does make it harder for rates to have a sustained move higher. And really, the Fed can't have that. If you saw a big move higher, we'd see a cascading event of defaults on debt. It would just get worse and worse and worse. And the irony is that as they continue to print more money, it continues to make it harder for them to raise rates. Uh, so that's an, a quick synopsis of why we continue to see rates heading lower from here. But Goldman Sachs did come out today saying they now see a 25% probability that the Fed will begin tapering in November. They already had a 20% probability, which is way higher than I thought it would have been. But then check this out. A 50, they believe there's a 55% chance that it will happen in December. Uh, uh, it's, it's kind of shocking to see uh, from you know a, a huge group like Goldman Sachs. We think that they'll probably be wrong there. Uh, based on our work, we're much further away from the beginning of tapering than this, if they're able to get back to that point. And especially now that you see countries going back on lockdowns, Blue states likely going to be trying it as well, or these vaccine mandates that are happening, uh, just unbelievable. But with all of those things happening, how could the Fed begin to taper? Really, how could they even begin to have the discussion of raising rates? We just don't see it. Uh, so we would be shocked if the Fed even began to have serious discussions about tapering before the end of this year. Shocked. Uh, absolutely would describe it. So, all right, let's take a look at our markets on the day today. The Russell 2000 led the way, and good to see here, leading now for the last two days. It's, probably, it's been a little while since we've seen that. We want to see that continue. Small caps have some catch-up to play. Uh, so it's a group that we love. want to see that continue to rally up 0.53% on the day for the Russell 2000 to 2,247. Next up here was the Dow Jones hitting an all-time high today, up 0.41% to 35,208. So strong day there for the Dow. We also got an all-time high today from the S&P 500 up 0.17% to 4,436. And lastly here, our laggard on the day was the NASDAQ, probably had something to do with that 10-year rise that I was just talking about when 
when rates are heading higher, tech gets hit. Uh, so NASDAQ down four tenths of 1% on the day to 14,835. Uh, really quick though, too, the VIX down a nice six and a half percent on the day to a 16 as well, continuing to fall from its recent spike. But the, what we thought was mo- probably most important about today's action was taking a look under the hood. Check this out. Even with the NASDAQ down on the day, the NASDAQ internals came in positive across the board here. That's an interesting pattern change. We've been noting it for the, for a little while now, but we've seen weakness over the last few weeks from our internals on both sides, from the NYC and the NASDAQ. So really good to see a beat today on a day with the NASDAQ down. And overall, the internals have been looking like they want to start improving here. We certainly aren't out of the woods yet. We'd like to see even better readings. Uh, but Rather than the mixed to negative days that we have seen in previous weeks, we've started to get a few more days here of mixed to positive readings. Not necessarily positive across the board, but at least mixed to positive. So that is a little bit of an improvement that we've seen from our internals. Certainly want to see that continue. Uh, So looking at them today, positive across the board, again, for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Advances, beating out declines, not significant beats, especially on the NASDAQ. It was was close, but they got a beat uh, and a little bit better on the NYSE. Uh, New 52-week highs to lows were our bright spot on the day, coming in over 3-1 to positive on the day. That's what you like to see. And lastly here, volume coming in positive, a little bit better as well for the NYSE, but also positive for the NASDAQ today. Looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with 4 out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. And at first glance... You know, that doesn't sound great that the majority of our sectors finished lower on the day. But we had really five of those sectors almost unchanged on the day today. And I'll touch on those here in a second. But first, our leaders, financials, up pretty big today, up over 2%. Likely a lot to do with rising bond yields. The dollar had a good day today as well. And another day like today would take XLF, the financial ETF, back to all-time highs. We haven't seen that uh, since June, so it's been a couple months now for uh, XLF to hit an all-time high, but Banks had a big day today as well. Let's get the final reads here um, on the Banks. Our biggest winner on the day was Wells Fargo. I mean, up 3.8%. Goldman Sachs up 3.5%. Uh, Bank of America up 2.8, JP Morgan up 2.8. So re- and the list goes on and on. Strong beats today, uh, strong day today from the banks. Next up there were materials and energy, even with oil continuing its recent move lower today, which I'll get to here in a second. And then lastly, industrials for our leaders on the day today for our laggards. Our biggest losers were consumer discretionary and real estate. Still, real estate down just two-tenths of 1%. And then really, really pretty close. Technology down only one-tenth of 1%. Same with healthcare. But then communication services basically unchanged. Consumer staples basically unchanged. So, again, while it may have sounded bad to see seven of our sectors finish lower, really pretty small losers on the day-to-day. Then lastly for today, let's take a look at our VRA Commodity Watch. Precious metals, uh, 
getting beat up today, that the, the news of rates rising doesn't help. Uh, the, again, the move higher in the dollar that we saw today doesn't help for precious metals. And we've been talking about this here for a while. You know our view. We are in a melt-up bull market. We're just in year two of this bull market. This is a risk-on environment, which can be tough for gold, especially with the performance that we've seen recently. has a lot of people feeling that, Tina, there is no alternative to stocks. So, Again, tough environment for gold like that. But long term, you know, we continue to recommend and like owning gold and silver here, especially with the QE that we're talking about, the money printing that we've seen, the levels of debt in this country and worldwide. Over the long term, it's just a great hedge and really belongs in everybody's portfolio to some extent. Gold down on the day 2.6% to 1,761 an ounce. Silver down a pretty big today, 3.88% to $24.31 an ounce. Copper holding up the best of the metals today, still down three tenths of 1% to $4.33 a pound. And as I mentioned earlier, oil getting hit as well, uh, continuing that recent move lower. Uh, oil peaked about. A little over a month ago now in July, getting almost $77 a barrel, now down 1.46% on the way on the day to $68.08 a barrel. But overall, on the long term, we're also very bullish on oil. Uh, at the beginning of this year, we said over the next 12 to 18 months, we see $100 a barrel oil as possible maybe even probable, we continue to believe that's the levels that we'll be at from, uh, so that was about eight months ago. So we've got, you know, call it four to 10 months from now, it would, would be where our prediction was from the beginning of this year. Then lastly for today, Bitcoin having a big day today, despite this news that in the infrastructure bill, and I, I got to do a little bit more research on this, uh, how exactly it's going to affect cryptocurrencies as a whole, uh, but a lot of people in the crypto community up in arms about this. So to see it rising like this on bad news, typically very bullish, not just for Bitcoin, you hear it in stocks as well, see it in the markets. Climbing that wall of worry, move higher is a very bullish uh, sign. So today, having a nice day up 4.79%, back to its highest level since May of this year for Bitcoin at 42,796 a Bitcoin. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here on Monday for the close.